0: It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard. Air your grievances and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show.
1: Morning, everybody. Ten minutes after 9 a.m. Boy, it's good to see the sun is out. It's like the shower they're supposed to be according to the forecast supposed to be showers throughout the morning but it looks like uh, maybe the sun's going to blow those out the rest of the day is supposed to be nice tomorrow is supposed to be fantastic 61 degrees for a high tomorrow and under, under mostly sunny skies so we've got a nice weekend ahead of us even if the storms do uh, the rains do return on Sunday. It's weird. I got a weird echo in my headset here. Let's see if we can get that taken care of. A uh, couple of things I want to talk about today. But again, it is open line Friday. So if you want to call in and uh, voice your concerns, a lot of things that we can talk about. But uh, I want to. I want to know what's on your mind. Uh as you know I've been a big uh, big proponent of supporting local businesses am I misguided in my attempts to try to get people to uh patronize businesses while they're still open uh, most restaurants and other businesses have gone to skeleton crews if you have a say an office type setting for your business most of them don't accept walk-ins anymore uh, or if they do accept walk-ins they uh, take extra special precautions uh i've been to a few of the stores in the area uh it seems like people are pretty respectful they're they're not getting too close to each other which is uh, obviously things that that have been recommended by uh, the governor and by the president of the United States, so it's been uh, it's been kind of a I, I think we've been pulling together. Is it enough? There are people out there that say we're not doing enough, and uh, other people saying, well, it's too late, and that's kind of how I wanted to start things off. Uh, and we'll get to your phone calls here very soon. Uh, but uh, best and worst case scenarios. Now I found an article online, uh, and this is Fox News, and you can say what you want about the media, or whatever. And uh, but uh, I feel like this is a pretty well thought out and well written article. Uh, just talks about the best and worst case scenarios. Right now, first of all, the statistics. Over 550,000 people have contracted the virus uh, in the high 80,000 in the United States. We now have the most confirmed cases in the world. Yeah, first of all, my opinion on that is that's because we're doing more testing than anyone else in the world. Uh, and then also, uh, you just don't know how truthful the numbers coming from China are anyway. Uh, some other, uh, some other things, uh, let's see, da, 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 the deaths, over 20,000 deaths worldwide. Uh, so a, com- a couple of questions arise from that. When will it all be over? Will life ever get back to normal? And uh, how many people are going to die? And the uh, answer to all those questions is, well, we don't know. But let me present, uh, with a little help from this uh, article from Fox News, uh, some of the scenarios. First, how about worst case? In a worst case scenario. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Listen carefully. This is hypothetical. This is worst case scenario. Okay? In a worst case scenario, hospital beds in the United States will be overwhelmed, and there will be 2.2 million Americans that will die from the virus. This is worst case scenario. Uh, Not to mention... That doesn't include, okay, if our hospitals are overwhelmed with coronavirus patients, that means if you have something else wrong with you, you won't be able to get into a hospital and get taken care of. So a lot more people are going to die because of that. Uh, to avoid this bleak scenario, Americans first should expect life to be, should not expect life to get back to normal by, eight, by Easter. I know that was optimistic talk by our president. Uh, I think that's unrealistic. Uh, Easter, what is it? Mid, mid April. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I understand economically uh, there's a lot on the line, but, uh, isn't, isn't staying alive more important than uh, avoiding going broke. Uh, other ways, uh, other, other, uh, situations in the worst case scenario. Uh, we go on lockdown in the country. We're not allowed to socialize except for those that live in our house with us. Uh, we don't have enough beds, we don't have enough testing, we don't have enough uh, medical professionals. So many people get sick and die at home because they just can't get taken care of. Pretty bleak scenario as uh, some of the experts, some of the uh, people theorize that this could multiply exponentially. And like I said, their worst case scenario, 2.2 million Americans die from this. That's roughly, what do we have, between 200 and 300 million in the country? That's, that's, a, that's a lot of people. Better case scenario, maybe a more likely scenario, is that the virus be, could become contai- less contagious in the summer, like the flu. Of course, folks, if you know your science, you know that it's going to be summer here, but in the southern hemisphere, it's going to be winter and therefore, ideal conditions for the coronavirus to to uh, stay alive in the southern hemif- hemisphere. Uh, if that happens, we can probably resume a lot of outdoor activities with small number of people. Uh, we might even be able to get restaurants to reopen again. Maybe they do every other table or thing to help keep us apart. But more than more likely than not, there will still won't be any professional sports with large gatherings of people. Uh, no Major League Baseball, no crowded beaches. Yeah, that's, that's probably a more likely scenario. Maybe life gets a little bit, little bit closer back to normal in the summertime. Best case scenario. So we had worst, we had middle, we had best case scenario. It's possible the bulk of social distancing could be over within a month or two if the virus turns out to be, quote, not a serious pathogen, said William Hanage, an epidemiology professor at Harvard. Um, he says, I'm going to quote him one more time right now. If everybody complies with social distancing measures, we're looking at a two month window, three months at a minimum. We'll do the math on that. Even if we're complying, let's, let's give ourselves credit for a week or two. Okay. Two months from two months from two weeks ago, that would put it at May 10th. That's best case scenario. Uh, but one one of the things that this professor warns us about is if we ease up on social distancing too soon, there could be a whole new surge of people dying, people getting sick from this. We don't want to start too soon. Just uh, something to keep in mind as we now go to the phone lines. Let's uh, let's jump in with uh, line 1. Uh, caller you're on with Andy. What's up this morning?
2: I've got 4 inches of white stuff.
3: Oh, it snowed
1: up there in Central, huh?
2: huh and for the month i've got a total i can't measure the liquid content i have to measure the snow and guesstimate it but i'm believing with liquid and white stuff together i've got seven inches for the month
1: that's a lot of snow and uh, that will make zach or and the water conservancy people happy because we're adding to our snowpack right
2: well and and the point is it's looking like last year we got 7 inches in March and 177 days without a uh, drop.
1: That's right we did but with fortunately we had enough to get through that drought.
2: Yeah and so it looks like it's going to be a carbon co- at least at this point uh, uh, to get 7 inches is 7 months of rain. Wow. Because it's on an average of about an inch a month is what we usually get, except last year and the way it looks this year. Uh, let's go back 500 years when I was a, a child in the late 40s until <laughs> okay. I left the house at 16 uh We never, in our family, middle-class family, dad had a good job, mom had a part-time job, she stayed home, took care, cooked, and made her own clothes and made our clothes, and was a homemaker, and so forth. And so we never, that I can remember, went to a
1: restaurant. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of the same way. Growing up, it, it was a very—I wouldn't say never, but I would say—and maybe once a month we went out. Maybe that's—that's that's an optimistic number there. We and, just didn't work. You're,
2: you're a child, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and see the—the—the the, the point is, the only place we went to dinner is to my grandfather's house or to an uncle uh, or aunt that that we we had a dinner, but we never paid money and sat in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay,
2: so uh, restaurants. On the other hand, uh, I had a little uh, comment yesterday about self-quarantining. For for his information, I've got five risk factors. Uh, The most uh, dangerous one is age.
1: Yeah, yes, it does. So I'm
2: going to stay. And by the way, I bought tons of food and other supplies before So I've already contributed to the profits that the peoples already have made on this. Mm -hmm. So in my family, uh, I am involved either directly or indirectly with five or six restaurants. Uh, By the way, my wife has been laid off. Oh, sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that, yeah. All right. And so um, uh, so it's... uh, uh, my daughter's restaurant uh and by the way, I really do appreciate you mentioning uh that you know these businesses need to stay open as best they can um and, and it's uh, uh ernesto's uh mix mm-hmm. at uh Phoenix Plaza. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so awesome. uh, hey. they're all needing, and and uh, the the number of people, and I understand. I've never seen Saint George Boulevard or the traffic in the middle of the week where you could stand in the street and nobody would run over you.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Do have a lot of folks on the hold? Thanks for calling today, Seth. Appreciate that. Uh, let's go to line two. Color, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? You there? <laughs> Oh shoot! Call me back. I will get you on the air asap. Sounds like the, uh, the the call is scrambled. Let's go to line three again. Call me back. Hey, you're on with Andy. What's up?
0: Yeah. So I think you do a really good job. I'm grateful you got this gig after Mike. I I'm, my frustration with the media in general,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: you just kind of did it. I don't think purposely, but so willing to read the worst case scenario. But if we're being really honest, then would we? wouldn't we read the best case scenario right after to help calibrate the fear? I, it, I mean, there are very best case scenarios. And I also think we, if, if we could ever expect it anywhere on the planet, it's in the United States. So isn't it just as prudent to let people know that this could actually, with the testing ramping up and the numbers coming in and then getting that true denominator like they've been talking about that they don't have yet, that the mortality rate could literally just be exactly like the flu and target ailing old people and i I think that if you run the numbers on the worldwide population considering there's a lot of third world nations in that flu pneumonia and this this has five zeros after the decimal point today even if it exponentially grew which it would have to it doesn't even get close to the flu and pneumonia numbers right now and so i just think it's Get, suicides are 50,000 a year. You don't think this is going to increase suicides, which is the same kind of result. It's death. Yeah. So I just feel like when people can't work, when their livelihoods are evaporating, my uncle called me yesterday who runs, I can't even say actually, but he runs a large, large casino for the last 30 years in Mesquite or in Vegas.
4: Mm-hmm. And he, this is a 6'6",
0: 350 pound man who doesn't even call me ever, called me last night in tears that his mm-hmm. retirement is gone and that could commit that could be a death Mm -hmm. right there Mm -hmm. and we don't talk about that
1: yeah, you know, and and that definitely wasn't my intention to scare anybody. I wanted to I, kind of present all sides it. of it. I know it wasn't. Um, and uh, honestly, I, I've remained very optimistic. And I had someone tell me uh, uh, an optimist is someone who's uh, who's not willing to accept the truth. And I don't, want to, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be an optimist who won't accept the truth. But I also want to, you know, I, I'm a guy that likes to look on the bright side of things and give ourselves a chance. Uh, and I appreciate you calling and pointing that out. I think there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of good scenarios as well scenarios where it's not going to be that bad but uh, it's certainly scary we're scared
5: yeah thanks all
1: right thanks for the call tay appreciate it hey i appreciate you calling back sorry the line was scrambled we've had some issues in the in the computer system lately but uh, hopefully you're there you're there and you're good can you hear me now yeah a little bit better
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh okay I am not an epidemiologist or a scientist in any way, shape, or form, um, and I didn't go to any kind of college and learn any kind of advanced mathematics, but I do know numbers. Okay. And if we compare this to the 2009-2010 swine flu, why didn't we have all of this panic and pandemonium back then?
1: Well, what a great question. Why didn't we?
6: Yeah. The United States alone, and these are the CDC's numbers, 60, I think it was between 63, around 63 to 68 million confirmed cases of the swine flu in the United States alone in 2009-2010. Uh, in excess of 475,000 to over 500,000 confirmed cases in the hospitals. What what year are you talking again? Minimum. What, what was the year? 2010. You know, I,
1: it's, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was thinking about this last night. I was laying in bed, uh, not sleeping, and I was like, you know, we had these other epidemics, and I, I barely remember them. And I, ne- I remember that I was sitting there thinking, I never felt unsafe. I never felt worried about, you know, the, swine, the H1N1 or the bird flu or any of these other flu. I never once felt like I was at risk.
6: Right. So, and then, like I said, it was around somewhere, I think, on the low end, 14,500 to as many as, I mean, the numbers are in there somewhere, uh, like 20-something thousand deaths or more, you know, confirmed CDC numbers, Mm -hmm. and nothing like this, nothing. And those numbers were just the United States.
4: Hmm.
6: So, what's the difference?
1: Yeah. And and I was hoping you'd have a theory at least on on what the difference is. Oh, I do. Okay.
6: And it's probably going to really offend people. Okay. But back then we had a brave young president who couldn't have the slightest ripple in the pond of his administration.
1: Hmm. You think leadership is the difference in this in this case?
6: Well, I think it's uh politics and media. Hmm. We'll I mean, we've already found out that the World Health Organization was basically bribed or strong-armed into lying about coronavirus when it came out in China. Yeah. So, can we really trust them? No. no. You know. And then you go back and look, at a lot of the same mediaites now that are screaming "death, mayhem!" Oh my gosh, Stephen King's *The Stand* is going to come through, and we're all going to die. Blah, blah 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 blah. Would not say a word about the swine flu back in 2010. Nope. Not a word.
1: No, nope, not a word. You're right. You're right. Listen, so, I got to go. I got four people on hold, but thank you for the call today. All right. Appreciate it. It is at 926. Let's go to line three now. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Is that it? Yeah, that's you. It sounds like you're modulated again. Let's see if we can get these phone lines. Oh, no, I'm here.
7: I'm here.
1: Yep, yeah, you sound like a cartoon character, so call me back, please. We'll we'll get, you, we'll get you back on, I promise.
7: Andy, call, Andy. Andy, I'm here. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it doesn't sound right. Call me back, please. Caller you're on with Andy, what's up this morning? Is that me? Yes, and you sound normal, thank you. <laughs> These <laughs> okay. phone lines have been really Probably. weird today.
8: I totally agree. Uh just uh, two two cents worth. Um, I think. Well, my opinion, uh, the reason back in 2009 with the swine flu is that the media had a love affair with the president at that time, and mm. nothing was going to tarnish him. But because they could not take Trump down any other way, they're going to just attack his economy and everything they can possibly do. So this was just blown out of proportion um, with the media being the number one corporate um, problem, and that's how I see it.
1: Media, hmm. Wait, that's, I think I'm media, too. Do I count in there? I hope I don't count in there.
8: No, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I mean the, the, the general television stations that just want to, you know, put out the worst possible news all the time and then, you know, just get everyone in fear and a panic mode. And and until the next thing comes along, you know, they, they run with what they have. But if I truly believe it because Obama was in office back then. Um You know they just were not going to tarnish him in any way Mm. and obviously poor Trump has been attacked for the past four years and they haven't been able to tear him away and so you know let's just kill his economy and some of the political people that you just can't seem to touch you know they have teflon skin and they don't think that if the economy dies anything's going to affect them because certain people in the world nothing affects like the Clintons or the Pelosi's and so they just don't really care what the economy looks like.
1: So let's just kill Trump. Okay, good take. Thank you for the call today. Uh, it is an election year, and that's certainly something that uh, it, this is going to factor in. That right now we don't know how, but uh, it's going to be interesting. All right, uh, caller, I had to I had to hang up on you because your phone, your voice sounded funny. Are One you
0: mouth.
1: are you there now?
0: I believe I'm here.
1: And you sound normal. Thank you. Thanks for calling back. Uh-
0: yeah, no worries. Um, I have to second that. The last three callers, that's the reason why I said the other yesterday when I called and I said I'm ticked off. I'm yeah. ticked off, Andy. <clears throat> because, honestly, just like we heard just before 9 o'clock with Brandon Hanson and Cherry Creek Mortgage, mm-hmm. he said T- this $2 trillion package is not going to save us. And I'm sorry, but out of this key- okay, sorry, but I'm just going to say this. Out of his own mouth, Barack Obama said these words, quote, oh, well, I don't know uh, what magic wand uh, he has uh, uh, to bring these jobs out. These jobs are just not coming back. They, we've had more jobs under this president than any other jobs. We have seen stock market records we have never seen before. I'm yeah. sorry. but I hate, and, and here's the thing. You know what I hate? I hate that it has to go back to this, but I don't see it any other way. It's an election year. The second he, second President Trump went down the escalator, he became a racist. The second he went down the escalator, all of a sudden he was hated. Yeah. The second we need our, I mean we need our. I love my breakfast burrito from Alfredo's. Kid, they make an awesome breakfast burrito. I get the, I, I get it with jalapenos. Nice. Anyway, the point is, we need to get. We need to get back to work. We, I mean, I'm working, but I am worried. I'm starting to get worried now that my hours are going to get cut. Yeah, I don't we, blame you. Like Brandon Hanson said, the $2 trillion thing, it's still full of pork bill spending. There's 300. I went through it. There's 300 out of the 880 pages hidden in there. One has a, has a, a, a little flopper for, for people that if they have losses on paper for their real estate um, stuff, they can write it off and, and, and that 's this one there 's another part in the bill for this two, this two trillion dollar thing three hundred and fifty million goes towards this and this one i 'm not okay with i don 't care it 's not your opinion this one's mine three hundred fifty million is going to go to help with migrant resettlement sorry but isn 't that why we closed our borders that 's not why Trump stopped all travel to to and from Europe for for 30 days i, I 'm sorry but I just i 'm way too educated on this stuff and I hate to say it, but it's, they hate the guy. I mean, he, they, in three years, really three years, they tried to hit him with the how he got elected. Then now that they, went, they moved the goalposts, and they went from, from yeah. how he got elected to that he shouldn't be elected. He's elected, so now we need to impeach him. Can yep. he beat that. Yep. So I, I know I'm ranting, but you got to go. But I'm just saying, <laughs> this is just crazy. And I just, you know what? Mayor Pike, if you're listening, look, I know what the governor wants us to do. But St. George's Washington County, we're tougher than that. We don't. We don't need to shut down our businesses. If you're, CDC says if you're sick, stay home. That's what I say. Otherwise, let's get back to work. Let's get, we like like Mayor Crayco says. He says we live and die by our self tax. All That's right. It. Perfect. So we need to get back to work, and we're gonna make. We're gonna be fine. We're going to
1: be fine. All right. Thanks for the call. Well said. Uh, Yeah. I mean, can you be too careful? Yes, I think you can be too careful. I'm all for getting us back to work. And, again, I'm all for supporting local businesses. Uh, I don't think I'm being foolish in saying we need to keep doing that. Uh, I just I think that... Even if the, even if you're increasing the risk of this disease spreading, some I think you also increase the risk of, like the one caller said, pe- we're losing people, losing people because they don't have any money, they don't have any food, they don't have any life. Yeah, we'll be losing people. All right, we got to get a, a break in. If you're on hold, please hang on. We're we'll just get a quick weather break, a couple of spots, and then we'll be back to you. So hang in there. Welcome back to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, checking the pulse of Southern Utah today. I don't know. Why the computers have kind of weird Listen this. Uh, that's supposed to be on my music playing right now. Anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get that taken care of uh, as we hit the weekend. A couple of things I want to note, and then we'll get back to the phone calls. Uh, first of all, uh, if you text me during the show, I, uh, am, I'm probably not going to answer your texts, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I have uh, five phone lines. I have two computers, and I have a big, giant audio board in front of me. And uh, at the same time I'm operating all those things, I'm trying to keep my brain screwed on correctly while I talk. So uh, I don't, honestly, I don't have an assistant or a, a screener or anything like that during the show. So if you text me during the show, I'll read it when I'm done with the show, but I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm not going to read your text or answer them during the show. So I apologize if you have my phone number and you're texting me. I'll get to you as soon as I can. Also, I would really like to hear from you today. Uh, the phone number is 673 5890 We're all going through this together. There's not one single person that is completely free of uh, the coronavirus affecting them. So if you have a thought, if you're angry or you're upset or you're scared, give me a call, 673 5890 Let's go back to the phone lines now and get things rolling. Uh, your, caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Morning. What's on your mind?
5: Well, <clears throat> the previous caller's pretty much took a lot of what I was going to say. I'm not going to repeat it. But um, if you look at your question, why didn't I hear about this uh, during the H1N1 scares? Because, you know, look at the administration that was in office when that happened. And look at the media that backed that administration. um, And then you fast forward, you know, 11 years to today. And what we're facing is they've tried to beat Trump in every single way. And they've lost every Mm. single fight. Yeah. These people are flying this plane, to use that analogy, into the ground. They don't care who's on it. They don't care whose retirements are in it. They don't care whose futures are on it. They, at all expenses, all costs, are going to fly the plane into the ground to remove or t- attempt to remove this president. And the only way they know they can get him is if they try to hurt this economy. And, you know, to, to parley on what everyone else is saying, we have to exercise caution. We can't, we can't be too risky at this point because if we take risks now, we may pay hugely later mm-hmm. because this could spiral out of control. But I think if everyone practices safe and smart distances uh, from each other and we're just using hygiene, cleaning ourselves, washing our hands, not touching our faces, just like what the CDC has rolled out, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's manageable. But with all the fear and all the media uh, hype going on about this, causing this panic, um, and that's exactly what they want. And and people are just feeding into it. Yeah. You know, if you want to clear your head, I'm a news guy. I watch the news constantly. Mm-hmm. My wife gets mad at me because it's on when I go to bed and it's on when I wake up. <laughs> and, you know, for somebody like me to say, turn the news off for a day, it cleanses you. It really, really does. Mm. And you look at things with a different perspective. So. To all you out there that are just whipped up in this media frenzy, turn it off for a minute. I know it's hard, but try to turn it off for a minute. And it's amazing what it does for your clarity, and it pulls you back kind of to center, and you can understand what's going on. But as long as the media is pumping this thing, and as long as Trump is still president, this is never going to stop.
1: All right. Thank you. Well said. Uh, Just to comment on what you said, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the the thing that's crazy to me, okay, we can say, well, that's a, a conspiracy or whatever, but... Nancy Pelosi has actually said out loud, if there has to be some collateral damage to our economy, to our people, uh, to get this guy out of office, then that's okay. She said that. I read that quote yesterday. She said, it's okay if there's some collateral damage. Does your grandma and grandma, are they collateral damage to you? Yeah, me neither. Is your job collateral damage, you know, going on welfare just to survive? Is, I mean look at what has happened i 'm not going to say they brought the uh, i 'm not going to say they brought the coronavirus i 'm not going to go that far I 'm not that big of a conspiracy theorist but I will say they seem to be okay with it. The liberals seem to be okay whatever it takes is what she said to get him out of office. Craziness all right let 's go back to the phone line call her on with Andy uh, keep it rolling. what 's on your mind? Oh shoot! Sorry, the the line is uh, we've, we're having some issues today. Call me back, please. I will take your call high high priority if you'll call back. Let's see if this line is working. Caller, are you sounding normal or like a cartoon character? I don't
6: know. Let's
1: see. Sounds like a cartoon character. All right. Sorry about that. Call me back. I'll call we are, back. we are having issues. All right, Then right. We'll go back to this. Is caller you called back? Hopefully, it's a normal line. Yeah. Is it working? Yes, it works. Thank you.
4: Oh, okay. I didn't know what happened, Andy.
1: Yeah, really bizarre. Well, our system runs through a, com- a computer server, and I think every once in a while the server kind of twists the the data up a little bit. But it's good to hear your voice. You sound normal. What's on your mind?
4: Um, I'm curious about how many people really believe in President Trump and had the faith that we'll all be back to work by, by Easter. Well, I, I don't. You know?
1: i I believe in him, but i don't I think he's being too optimistic to say easter i I think what he's trying to do is provide hope. I understand what he's doing, but I don't think that's uh-huh. realistic. What do you think
4: I'm thinking it could be realistic just due to the fact that they'll actually they'll know where the virus is uh most concerning, mm-hmm. and everybody else can go back to work, especially our farmers. Spring is coming on uh our trucking industry is up and running, evidently yeah but Uh, there's a lot of places where, like the last two callers, you know, that's, to me, that's a horrible way to have to feel. It is. I don't have to deal with that because I've got money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not, if I'm unemployed, it doesn't bother me. Although everybody knows that they listen to Wayne here. Mm -hmm. I I am uh, employed. I get money. And I live in the mountains. I live better than most people. I don't got a lot of money, but I'm fine. So, does, concerns, Andy, uh, are you scared?
1: The, yeah. Are you, does this concern you? Are, are you worried? Yeah.
4: I'm worried for the other people. Am I scared? No, Andy. I just came out of the war zone in Afghanistan and all that good stuff in Iraq. Am I scared? I don't know what it means anymore, Andy. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well I mean, said. I've well said. I appreciate have had bombs going off over my head in Iraq and, and Afghanistan, and then bombs, they explode like 50 yards up above you and you and you shudder. You feel like somebody's slamming the door.
1: Well, that's you know well said. Saying? Boy, That that is something to definitely be afraid of. I had to cut him off there. We have so many people trying to get through. Please keep calling 673-5890. Yeah, Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up?
9: Testing, one, two, three, four.
1: Yes, you worked. Right. Thank you for calling and uh, you sound normal.
9: Well, as normal as you can. As normal as I can be, right. <laughs> well, so there's uh, two, two points. The first one is that it seems like a lot of people have uh, decided that this is a conspiracy against Trump to get him. Mm. And so all I would say to that is, is China out to get him? People probably say, yeah, what about Italy? What about Spain? Mm-hmm. All of these other places that are dealing with this virus, I don't think they really care whether Trump's president or not. And so I agree. I, I don't think that holds water. That Look, the, the Democrats are going to try anything, and yes, of course, they, if this would work. But I think we're putting way too much e- uh, emphasis on this. is nothing. It's just get Trump. So then the second thing is, let's talk about the the economy and money. You know, the the coronavirus certainly has taken center stage, and there's a lot of economic activity around that. But I'd like to take you back about six months before anybody even knew anything about the coronavirus. Okay. So the Federal Reserve dropped interest rates, I believe, three times, and. In- 2019. They did.
1: They kept tweaking it.
9: The reason why you drop interest rates is because the economy's kind of teetering a little bit, and we need to juice it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So so even six months ago, our economy was showing signs of weakness. Do you remember Boeing? You know, Boeing's a lot of talk about it now, but you know, the 737 Max has fallen off of the table, but that was causing Boeing unbelievable economic damage.
1: Well, And, and maybe deservedly so, yeah.
9: Oh, I'm not I'm, – I'm not, look, that's a whole other conversation, yeah. and I, like most things, I have an opinion on. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to focus people on the fact that, look, Boeing was in trouble before. The economy was in trouble before. Uh, Kmart went out of business. Uh, Sears, uh, Payless Shoes, uh, just off the top of my head, a few – and there's a lot more. We were in conflict with China over tariffs that was harming a lot of people, our farmers, uh, uh, steel production, all of these different things. Uh, we, we even got in conflict with, with uh, Mexico and, and, and Canada. The point I'm trying to make is everybody keeps thinking that we have this amazing economy, and they think that because the stock market keeps going up. The stock market is going up primarily because the Fed's juicing it. And by the way, all these airlines... Look at how many of their own shares they bought in the last 10 years. They've bought billions of dollars of their own shares. Shady stuff there, yep. Yes. So my point is, look, the coronavirus isn't doing – yes, it's it's tipped it. It's pushed it. But all of this was happening long before the coronavirus showed up, and we need to stop having this myopic view. Take a broader view. Look back and see – Folks, there's a lot more going on here than just the coronavirus and how it's affecting our local economy. This is a big deal. And I think that we just need to do a a little more uh, analyzing what's going on and don't be so knee-jerk to come up with a reason. Oh, yeah, they're trying to get Trump.
1: Okay. Yeah, well said. Thank you for the call today. I appreciate that. Let's go. uh, Hopefully we're getting our phone lines figured out. Are you there, caller?
10: Yes, Andy. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Thanks for calling.
10: uh Number one, I would really, really like all the fear-mongering to stop myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with the caller that, that when Obama was in, nobody said anything because it was Obama, and because it's Trump, everybody's all up in arms. And number two, all of this fear-mongering, all of this, we're going to all die of this, is only causing more and more hoarding. There are people in this town that absolutely cannot find what they need. Hmm. I'm older. I have a very compromised immune system. My husband has a major disease. We go to this, or he, because my immune system is so compromised, we go to this when we're out. He stops by the store. He looks for what we need. If he can find something, he will buy it. I have been fortunate because I've always kept a little bit of back stock and so on. Most things were okay. Mm -hmm. But there's main things like flour and sugar, eggs, um, toilet paper. How many rolls of toilet paper do people need in this town?
1: Yeah.
10: You can't find a roll of toilet paper no matter how hard you try. You go to the convenience stores to get gas. No toilet paper. You go to dollar stores. No toilet paper. You go to every store in this town, and even on senior day, there are so many people trying to get into those stores. If you're in the middle or the back of the line, you won't get a basket, and by the time you do get a basket and you go in the store, you don't have anything. I I I mean, this isn't bothering me. I mean, we are all in the same situation. We had tons of groceries in the stores. Till all this fear-mongering started. Everybody could go in. They could get what they wanted.
4: Yeah.
1: You're right, and it should still be that way. It's it's sad that we've gotten so panicked about this. You're right.
10: It should. Groceries are not in short supply. Some things might be now because people are hoarding. Right. But it's got to stop. It absolutely, the hoarding has to stop. I mean, I'm sure that there are young people who have families that can't go and buy several hundred dollars worth of groceries, and they need to shop a few things at a time to feed their families, but they're not even able to.
1: Well, you know, and, and you make a great point in that we... All this stuff that we're now hoarding, to, to me, I feel like the run on the stores has been because people weren't prepared, uh, and, and, and yet we're all supposed to be ready. And whether you're a member of the, the church or you're not a member of the church, everyone should have enough to keep themselves safe for at least a couple of weeks. And the people that went to the stores and bought all this crazy stuff and, and, and went crazy on us are the ones who had nothing. They had nothing. They weren't ready for this. And it's frustrating to the rest of us. Now, fortunately, I feel very fortunate. Number one, uh, and I said this the other day uh, when, with Jeremy Larkin. I said, uh, I said, I don't. I'm not feeling the anxiety of this. And he said, Well, why not? And I said, Well, I, honestly, I have a job. They, they need me here at the station doing or doing our our news reports and everything. And so I'm secure in my job. And the other thing is, we're secure in what we have stored up. The only time I've gone to the store in the last two weeks is to pick up like like things that aren't necessary. Milk. Uh, wanted, wanted to get a new mouse for my computer. Uh, we bought some bread. Uh, those are things that we could live without. We can make our own bread. Uh, but but the thing the thing is, is if we were prepared, then we wouldn't need to panic. Right. I mean, isn't that, that's the old saying. If you are prepared, you have no need to fear. All right. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind?
3: Well, thanks for segueing into me, but first, before I get to my main point, when you mentioned uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the quote she had about the collateral damage, Mm -hmm. it it sparked a thought of Adolf Hitler said something very, very similar. He basically said, if we don't conquer, then we will burn the world to the ground with us. Mm. And, yeah, very similar. So, anyway, Uh, but my thoughts for today... Since you, especially since you just mentioned uh, religious stuff, goes to religion. Uh, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, so I am going from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And in, it, in the Book of Mormon, it teaches about the pride cycle, and we're we're kind Ooh. of in that cycle. Ooh. We've been told for years to one, get out of debt. And those who listened, they're not they're not fearing as much, like you were saying. The ones who are in high debt, they're probably panicking because a lot of their Money goes out. Uh, last year, uh, President Nelson talked about in the, the men's session to get off the couch, get out from behind the TV, and stop watching sports. Hey, guess what? Sports aren't around It's right gone, now. yeah. Uh, entertainment. That's, you know, entertainment has been getting worse and worse, and so now that's gone. Um, schools. Schools have been taking God out of schools for years and the teachers have been teaching their opinions to our children, hey, now we have the opportunity to make sure our kids are being taught our beliefs and our things rather than being uh, taught the ideals of of the teachers and things of that nature. This is where mind mind has gone. We've gotten to a place where, truthfully, we're kind of prideful. We need to humble ourselves, turn back to God, and and, uh, see how things turn out if we do that.
1: Awesome. That's, well that's
3: just, that's well said. Well
1: said. I appreciate you calling. You know, I, I, do, I do not ever want to turn this into a religious show because I want everyone to know that religion or no religion, you're always welcome to listen. You're always welcome to be a part of this show. Uh, but having said that, I will, I will say that I agree with quite a bit of what he just said. Uh, you know, I, I'm a faithful man, and I believe that religion is a, is a key part of our lives, and I believe that in a lot of ways the world has lost its way. And uh, we got to turn back. We got to turn our hearts to God. That's that's how I feel. All right, let's go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up?
7: Hello. Yeah, go I, ahead. Um, wanted... Pardon me. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to say I saw the most beautiful thing Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I was had occasion to drive through the neighborhood opposite the turf farms at the end of uh, Washington in the uh, Washington City. Okay. And. It it was amazing what I saw. Out in the yard were parents playing with their children. What? It was, I'm telling you what. <laughs> it was like I hadn't seen that. And said so, I don't know how many years, what, 30 years ago on a Sunday, you'd see that. Yeah. You know, maybe it was yeah. longer than 30 years. And frisbee. Uh, uh ball another woman i saw i, I even took pictures of uh, tying a little cape a superman cape on her on a mm-hmm. little boy um a, a mom laying on the on the on the blanket with her baby and i saw a um this is in one little neighborhood and one um I was lost when so I was trying, I was going around and around, you know, and yeah. then I got to see a lot of the neighbors. One pregnant woman was standing on one side of the street, talking to her neighbor across the other street, side of the street. I'm telling you what, it was like a Hallmark movie. That it is, was amazing.
1: That is so awesome. <laughs> you know, in,
7: in the middle of all this, I just, it was, the. I just, I just drove around like smiling. There's another one. There's another one. And oh, I um, I'd never, see, I hadn't, hadn't seen it in ages and ages. So I wanted to be sure that, to to let everybody know how beautiful
1: that was. Awesome, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Well said. Uh, yeah, you know what? Reconnecting. Uh, uh, I used to love. I wouldn't say it was thirty years ago though, because my kid, my, my my boys are, you know, they're in in their twenties now. Uh, my I have three sons, and uh, we used to love to go out and uh, play ball. You know, throw the football, throw the frisbee. Uh, you know shoot some hoops together and stuff. And uh, you know what? She's right. We, we lost a lot of that. You know, our kids, are they've, they've climbed into their phones and they won't get out. And just when we start blaming them, we look up and we're doing the same thing. I told the story a few months ago, but uh, we were staying at a hotel a few months ago, and uh, we it was, it was like nine thirty at night. The pool uh, at the hotel was going to close at ten, so we, we, we my wife and I decided to hurry and run down and and, and take a dip in the pool and sit, maybe sit in the hot tub for a minute. While we're there, uh, this lady was there with her four kids, four children, and uh, she was in the hot tub. She didn't wear a swimsuit, so she was in a pair of shorts. So she was dangling her legs in the in the hot tub. And she was on her phone. She was texting. or I don't, I Actually, I have no idea what exactly it was she was doing. But she was very, very involved in her phone. And each kid, in turn, not, not planned, but each kid at some point came up to her and said, Mom, look at me. Mom, can you do this? Mom, will you help me with this? Mom. And every single time she, she gave him the yeah, yeah and the hand wave, uh, kind of get away from me. Go ask your brother. Go ask your sister. Each time she did that, and every time while I'm sitting there in that, that hot tub, I look at those kids' faces, and they're crestfallen, and they're disappointed, and they're crushed because mom didn't have the time to give to them, to even acknowledge them, to even look at She never looked up. Never looked up from her phone. said, so go ask your brother. Go ask your sister. Coronavirus is a horrible thing. It's killing people. People are getting sick. But you know what? There's some good that can come out of this. And uh, that caller pointed it out very well. And uh, I happen to agree with exactly what she said. By the way, real quick, do need to thank Joe Shoney. He is one of the guys that makes this show possible. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant. He focuses on customer service. And, uh, in fact, he put himself out there, went to socialsurvey.me and said, please, review me. I want to know what you felt. Well, he's averaging 4.91 out of five stars online. That's an incredible number. You go, you scroll down the list, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of five-star reviews for Joe Shoney. Give him a call today. He wants to take care of you when it comes to a refi, home loan, or whatever other loan you might need. The phone number is 435-590-6300, or you can email Joe. The phone number for Joe Shoney is... Or Excuse me, the email for Joe Shoney is Joe Shoney, joe.shoney, s-c-h-o-n-e-y, joe.shoney at nafin No topic is too hot.
10: I think we should be prepared. I don't think we should be scared.
0: No story is too big. People, if you're not feeling well, don't be
3: out in public at these events.
0: That's why you've got to listen to News Radio 94.9-890-KDXU.